From hook and bullet to policy and science, we're here to discuss and dissect all matters of importance to Montana's rugged landscape and the people and wildlife that call it home. This is Montana Untamed. In the bird world, eagles are majestic, swans are elegant, and ravens are amazing. At least, that might be your conclusion after talking to scientist John Marsluff, who has studied the king of corvids in Yellowstone National Park for decades. His recent research, where Yellowstone National Park ravens were fitted with tiny GPS backpacks, is revealing astonishing facts about the birds. With me today is Brett French, outdoor editor at the Billings Gazette newspaper, who recently talked to Marsluff, who's now retired, about his studies in the park. Uh, Brett, welcome. Um, What are scientists learning about ravens' travel by placing these uh, GPS backpacks uh, on these birds in the park? Yeah, Tom, uh, by tracking them using these GPS uh, backpacks, which uh, whenever they're near a cell tower, it just automatically downloads the data on it. So unlike the old days when they used to have to track them with telemetry, be in the field and locate them. Now it's, it's an automatic thing and uh, scientists don't have to be in the field and can learn these uh, data points from wherever their computer is hooked up. And what they found in Yellowstone was uh, one of these birds, a female was flying all the way from near Yellowstone Lake to uh, the Gardner area in the fall, making almost a daily commute to uh, go up there and feed. Another one, they found a young bird uh, migrated north, hung out around the, uh, I think it was the Little Belt Mountains and the belts, and then took a 400 mile trip all the way up into Canada uh, where it took up residence up there. Uh, Another bird was hanging out in Billings and flew almost directly to the west over the top of the Beartooth Mountains, which, you know, top out around uh, 10,000 feet normally. And some of the highest peaks in the state go up there. And mm-hmm. uh, it flew over the top of those and into the Soda Butte area uh, just outside of Cook City, almost on a straight line. Uh, wow. So these birds are on the move. Hey, so with this, um, what sounds like new technology, it sounds like there's a lot less man hours required. Is that is that resulting in a lot larger data set for scientists then? Yeah, it really is because, um, like you said, they are downloaded this information wherever they uh, are near a cell tower. So, um these location dots, you know, when you look at a map, it, it shows them it can be updated uh, pretty frequently. Whereas in the old days, if, if you had to be out there trying to find them with a, uh, a radio telemetry, you know, wasn't always successful. And it, right. especially when they're tra- traveling these long distances. Right. And uh, what was what was the driving impetus for the scientists to study the ravens? Or I guess what questions were they asking and hoping to seek answer? You know, I mean, you know, we all know that they uh, 
track and collar and monitor, you know, the big game species and the predators in the park. What what was the driving force behind uh, tracking the movements of ravens? Just a curiosity about what different species are doing. And uh, there's, um, you know, the, as these uh, devices have gotten smaller, things like uh, owls have been tracked. Uh, they've even made them small enough for butterflies, uh, like the monarch butterflies, to see where they go. And as you know from big game studies, we've uh, found out how far mule deer in Wyoming will migrate and elk will migrate into Yellowstone area. So it's just right. really revealing with these new devices how much we can learn about where animals go that we didn't didn't really think about before. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime, uh, you know, these studies are published on tracking the movements of any species, you know, from uh, a Rocky Mountain elk all the way to a monarch butterfly. Uh, personally, I'm always amazed at um, the movement of, of, you know, wildlife and what they're able to accomplish. Um, so throughout the study, are scientists gaining any um, understanding of, like, the intelligence level of ravens? Uh, yeah, even before the, the studies, we had a pretty good idea how smart ravens were. Uh, used to be an insult to call somebody a bird brain, you know, but uh, right. ravens are actually pretty smart. They have the uh, um, aptitude of a, a young child. Uh, you see them in Yellowstone National Park. Back in the day, they were opening up the uh, the little jockey boxes, the glove compartments on snowmobiles and pulling out uh, snowmobilers' lunches and eating them. Uh, they've been seen at uh, construction sites where there's uh, workmen halting traffic. They go out there and they beg for uh, treats from the people stalled in traffic. And uh, <laughs> there's even one bird in was flying to a, a residence in Cook City and was being fed. And it would show up every day and peck on the window and the... The person was worried that the bird was going to break the window. It was hitting it so hard that uh, trained it how to ring the bell to get food. So, yeah, they, they're definitely a, a smart, adaptable birds. Okay, so are these, <clears throat> excuse me, are these massive movements um, that have been tracked by these scientists, is this, is this a food source thing? Like, are the movements driven by a change in season or uh, a seeking of, you know, various food sources? Yep, that is the case. So uh, the one that was flying from around Yellowstone Lake up into Gardner, it would start these uh, daily migrations in the fall during the hunting season to go after uh, carcass leftovers, gut piles, things like that, and commute back every night or at least partway back. Um, they migrate towards uh, wastewater treatment plants in Yellowstone where the fat that people dump down the drains and stuff collects on top of the treatment ponds and they, they dine on the, the fat that floats to the surface. Oh, wow. uh, obviously, they're also checking out the uh, garbage dumps and key in on those for food as well. Huh. Okay. Um, 
Wow, the the sewage treatment plant. Um, that's an interesting food source. Um, okay, so you know, and <clears throat> and I understand research about ravens um, and their relationship to wolves, which is obviously another big Yellowstone species, um, was conducted in the park. What did what did that study show about that relationship? Yeah, so prior to even these bird studies, a uh, researcher who's now the Wolf Project leader, Dan Staler, was looking at the relationship between ravens and wolves. And it's kind of this uh, symbiotic relationship where the uh, wolves kill an animal and the ravens get to feast on the carcass after the, the wolves are done. Uh, a lot of times they'll be keyed into these sites by uh, magpies. I guess magpies are a very good sense of smell and they're often the first birds to find these kills. Um, They fly fast so they can sneak in, grab a bite, whereas the ravens are slow to take off and have to wait until they can get in there and eat. But they didn't find that the ravens were associating with any other uh, species like coyotes or foxes or anything like that that Hmm. might produce a meal. It was specifically keyed onto the wolves. And they're also would take carcasses and place them out on the landscape just to see if the ravens would find them. And ravens, I guess, are kind of afraid of things that they don't know the provenance of that, you know, they want to know where it came from. And so they didn't find that there was a big attraction in in that either. They know the food is safe when the wolves are eating it. Oh, no kidding. Well, and I mean, I guess, I guess it kind of sounds like they've established a a similar relationship with humans around hunting season too. Yeah, exactly. Um, And there was even one study conducted down in Wyoming uh, where the ravens were responding to the sounds of gunshots and they tried uh, noises like bullhorns or slamming car doors to see if that would produce the same results, but uh, without that food reward, the the birds weren't flying in. Huh. Well, now, and I think for a lot of folks, um, blackbirds are blackbirds, even though there's many different species. Um, how do ravens differ from their you know smaller relatives, the crows? So crows are very social. You'll see them gathered, especially in towns in the winter, like around Billings. You'll see big groups of them gathered in trees, making a lot of noise, talking to each other. Ravens tend to be more solitary. Um, Only certain ones will breed and the breeders protect an area. So they have like a Uh, a hunting area or a source for their food that they protect. So if there is a carcass, they'll uh, fight off the other birds. For some reason, they'll only fight off the other ravens until there's nine of them. And then after nine, they give up. So that's kind of interesting. But um, not all the birds are breeders. And these non-breeders will gather together near food sources. But unlike crows, you know, they're not a, a social unit. They're not a a community. They're all kind of out for themselves. Crows also uh, tend to feed more on agricultural fields. You know, they'll be out on crops and, and places like that, whereas ravens seem to have really 
kind of keyed in on a lot of the the human food sources, which uh, is interesting. We we produce a lot of good food for ravens. Right, right, and produce a lot of waste. Well, I think it's just interesting. You know, this this study just goes to show how, um, you know, even even studies of the non big ticket big ticket wildlife species um, really illuminate some of the 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 complexities and the interesting parts of the natural world. I'm wondering, you know, do you have any final thoughts on this Raven study or do you have any Yellowstone Raven stories of your own, Brett? I have seen them uh, opening up the, the snowmobile, snowmobilers uh, glove compartments to sneak out lunch and (laughs) stuff like that. Um, That's about the only contact I've, I've had with them, but, yeah, like you said, it's just amazing when we put uh, these devices on different animals, how much we can learn about where they go. And the fact that a bird can fly a straight line almost from Billings to to the Yellowstone National Park over the Beartooth Mountains to feed on a carcass. I mean, how did it know where to go? You know, um, how does it navigate? Uh, they're guessing it's just probably... They go to certain areas at certain times out of, you know, it's a pattern, it's a habit, um, but they're not really sure. And uh, like other birds, they do use uh, the magnetic north, you know, to navigate and stuff like that. They are pretty efficient flyers. They can travel at like 30 miles an hour with very little effort when they get airborne. And I guess mainly when they're uh exerting energy as the takeoff and in the landing. So, um, yeah, pretty amazing bird when you think about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have any experiences with Ravens in Yellowstone national park, but I, I've got a few just out hunting, um, instances where we've, you know, killed an elk or a deer that morning and we're back out hunting that evening and there's already Ravens on the gut pile. And similarly, you know, an evening hunt and then you come back the next day and, there's already, you know, these birds on the gut pile. It's pretty remarkable. <clears throat> you know, we always sit on the hill and watch them and just, you know, wonder how the hell did they find that so fast? Right. And uh, how fast the remains are gone. I've gone in, you know, like a, the next day, maybe uh, 12 hours later, and there is nothing left of a gut pile except for the what was in the, the stomach. You know, it's just crazy and you'll see everything from magpies to crows to eagles and man they they tear tear apart that stuff fast it's just surprising how they can recycle all that i guess the other thing that's interesting too that uh they found out was how much uh they can carry off you know a bird can't eat that much maybe a raven can have a, a quarter pound or so in a meal but they'll take chunks and stash it in the ground and then that way they're they're feeding other species too like uh, uh, foxes or coyotes that come along you know and sniff these little buried treats out but there was one study i think it was in michigan where they uh, dissembled a a 600 pound moose within you know a short amount of time so pretty crazy how how efficient they can be as well right Huh. Well, that's cool, Brett. Thanks for coming on, man. You're welcome. All right. Take it easy. Montana Untamed is a podcast from the newsrooms of Lee Enterprises, Montana newspapers. 
Visit any of our websites or subscribe wherever podcasts are found. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.